Let's read. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me. Anybody believe in Jesus this morning? And so this is a prayer for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me. We love giving God glory, but in this, Jesus says he's given us glory. I've given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Title of my message today is What Jesus Prays For. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you so much for your word. And I pray that we wouldn't just be hearers of your word, but doers of your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, I love this whole idea that the world will know that Jesus is real, that Jesus was sent by the Father as the church. All who ever believe in Jesus are one. That is just such a powerful reality, that the world will believe in the Son when the church is one. Amen? And there's something that happens when we are unified. There's something powerful when unity is demonstrated. And I think it's time for us to unite as a people, as a movement. In fact, I, I saw a Facebook event where millions of people are gathering and rallying and uniting to expose some of the supernatural realities that our government is hiding in our midst. And a bunch of people are saying, no more, enough is enough. We must gather. We must unite to expose what the government is hiding from us. And we will see the power of unity as we rally for one cause. I want to show you a video that demonstrates what I'm talking about. I figured that the FBI has been knocking on my door right about now, but nobody has shown up, nobody started contacting me. Area 51 is the top secret air force base long associated in the public mind with extraterrestrials and UFOs. How do you get funding? It lies deep in the desert, 150 miles from Las Vegas. It bristles with signs warning the curious to keep out. Last month, Maddie Roberts launched a Facebook page he called Storm Area 51. Let's see them aliens, it says. They can't stop all of us. Now three million people have signed up to storm the base. The Air Force is taking it seriously and issued this warning. The U.S. Air Force always stands ready to protect America and its assets. Now, Maddie says, he was just kidding. <laughs> Uh, I don't want anybody to actually get hurt with this. It was just—it it started out as just from a pure stroke of imagination. It's just meant to be funny. I wanted to do something cool out there now that we have a bunch of people, but I don't want anybody to get hurt. The Facebook page advises people if we the Rudo run, we can move faster than the The event is called Storm Area 51. They can't stop all of us. Maybe not, but they can stop some of you. And so I think it's time for us to see the power of unity. <laughs> Who's with me? <laughs> Woohoo! September 20th. <laughs> and I, love, I love this idea that, hey, you might be able to stop one of us, but you can't stop all of us. And so we're going to storm Area 51. And 
Uh, I just want to let you know we're not actually planning that as Kalos Church officially. <laughs> September 20th. But we are uniting for a cause as the church. And uh, we are uniting uh, at the end of August where as a church we are canceling a service and uniting with the churches of Bellevue for something called Worship in the Park where over 17 churches are joining on that Sunday. We'll, we will be worshiping with thousands of us in the downtown Bellevue Park. And the Saturday before that, we will participate in what's called the Jubilee Reach Serve Day where over 50 churches gather and uh, adopt a public school. We partner with teachers and principals, the administration, and we clean their buildings, get them ready for the school year, and unite as a church to make known the beauty of Jesus to those who maybe not know Jesus and say, hey, we're going to take care of our city. We're going to take care of our schools. We're going to be a blessing for our children or for our teachers. Amen. And uh, I just think this power of unity is so evident, and it's what Jesus wants us to do. He prays that we would be one. And this is our opportunity to answer the prayer of Jesus as he prays, Father, let the church be one. All who would ever believe, let them be one. And so it's time for us to gather and say, hey, as we make known the beauty of Jesus, you might be able to stop one of us, but you can't stop all of us. Amen. And uh, I think sometimes when we're part of a church like Kalos Church or we're part of a congregation, we buy into this idea that my church is the best church. Or my church has a corner on the marketplace of faith and Jesus and the scriptures and spirituality. And we can kind of be territorial when it comes to other churches or other denominations. Or we speak ill of other churches. Or we say, hey, no, like, let's just focus on Kalos Church. And sometimes as the church gets bigger, we just kind of forget that there are other churches. And we're just kind of doing our own thing. But Kalos Church, part of our culture and part of our identity is we acknowledge that it's not all about Kalos. It's about the kingdom. Yeah. It's not about the Jesus. It's about Jesus. It's not about our egos or our logos. It's about what are you doing, God, and how can we be a part of it? We will sacrifice at any point all of what we're doing to follow what you're doing. And so at Kalos, we don't pray like, Jesus, would you just bless what we're doing? We pray, Lord, we want to do what you're blessing. Amen. And this is an opportunity for us to unite under the banner that's worth uniting under the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so that's why we cancel one service intentionally once a year so we can rally with the Church of Bellevue. I'm so excited. And so as we talk about this idea of unification and walking in unity, as we say, hey, you can't stop all of us, I want to give three perspectives that will help us as a church answer the prayer of Jesus. And the first one I want to share is this. When brothers and sisters in Christ fight, the devil doesn't care who wins because the devil wants to divide us. There are powers that are afraid of our unity. I know Area 51 is because we are better together. We are stronger together. And when we are separated, we are weak. A quote by J.C. Ryle says, men of all branches of Christ church are apt to think that no good can be done in the world unless it's done by their own party and denomination." They're so narrow-minded that they cannot conceive the possibility of working on any other pattern but that which they follow. And there are a lot of different churches. There are a lot of denominations, and a lot of us fight. When in reality, most of us agree on 98% of theology when it comes to Scripture, and we find these 2% 
ideas to argue and bicker over. And I'm just saying, like, for thousands of years, we've rallied around the Apostles' Creed, the, the basics of Christianity, what it looks like to follow Jesus, the foundation of theology. But then we fight over, like, should music be loud or quiet? Man, I, got, I became Christian in a church that only played country music. And I, I don't believe that was of the Lord, but I was still able to worship the Lord. <laughs> I mean, there's all these preferences and ideas, but we, we unite around the essentials, right? And if there's preferences and there's conversations, it's better that we unite around the banner of Jesus Christ than let these preferential ideas divide us, amen? And so the devil doesn't care who wins when we fight as long as we embarrass ourselves because... The world, they acknowledge that we are divided as a church. They see that there are over 42,000 denominations. And when Jesus prays, I pray that they would be one and we fight over issues and we divide and we bash other churches and we discount what other people are doing for the sake of Jesus Christ. It makes us look so bad. Amen. Have you ever tried to explain to a non-Christian the different denominations and which Bible am I supposed to read, which church am I supposed to go to, what kind of Christian you are? And I'm like, ah, it just looks like one big ugly family fight. And they're like, wow, this is the united body of Christ? That's not something I really want to be a part of. How can I be included when you can't even include those who love Jesus with you? I mean, that's tough. And so we need to realize that our division makes us weak. You know, when we moved to Bellevue to start Kalo's church, we did not know a lot of people. We did not have a lot of money. And we were shocked by the culture of churches in Bellevue, shocked by the culture of unity. People, pastors, churches, congregations that had never met us, didn't know us, didn't know our history and ministry said, hey, the Pacific Northwest is the most unchurched region in all of America. We need more churches and church planters. There's so many people that are moving here every month. We need more churches to make known the beauty of Jesus. We would love to have you on board. And our first meeting as a church had three new people. And we were full of faith but very discouraged when we saw only three people. We were men at the Belden Cafe on Main Street in downtown Bellevue. And we're like, all right, we're ready to reach the city. Well, we we prayed, we hustled, and glory to God, by our next meeting, 67% increase. Five people showed up. <laughs> oh, take that, devil. And so we were like, how are we going to reach this city? This is so intimidating. And in that time, various churches said, hey, guess what? We got your back. Doxa Street across the church. They've had me speak three times. They brought Amritha and I up there two times together to kind of share what God is doing and what's on our heart to build Kalos Church. They gave us thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars without knowing us at all, just saying like, hey, we heard your heart. We know that you're wanting to advance the cause of Christ, and so we're in your corner. Rain City Church had us speak, a church that meets in Bellevue High School, saying, hey, guys, let's pray for Kalos Church, and blessed us. I mean, just so amazing. And like churches like Westminster Church said, hey, you can park your big truck in our parking lot. And Bellevue Way Community Church, the first Protestant church building in Bellevue said, hey, uh, you can use our building on Sunday nights to do your unveil night. By the way, unveil is coming August 18th, where we will cast vision for the next couple of months at Kalos Church. If you're wanting to join our team, that's a great time to come. Also, we're doing baptized baptisms. If you want to get baptized, join us. It's going to be a lot of fun. But a church opened the door for help 
to help us grow as a church plant. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Isn't that the kingdom? And God is so glorified in that. And I just want to say, as a pastor, one of the pastors of Caleb's church, we love the churches of Bellevue. I remember Zach Snyder here, he said, and Zach uh, was playing on keys this morning. He said, I'm, I'm afraid to ever bash any church in this area because I know so many of them helped us directly. <laughs> and so I will, for this season of my life, stop bashing other churches. <laughs> Just, just one season. And uh, I remember after we spoke at Doxa one time, there was this lady who was late for her own church that she was committed to. And so she attended Doxa one morning, two years ago, before we had Sunday gatherings as Kalos Church. And she hears us speak. So it's not her church, but she hears us speaking at a random church for her about a new church that we're planting. So it's like three church conversations going on in the story. After we speak, the Holy Spirit speaks to her, puts something on her heart. Hey, you should help Kalos Church. So she reaches out, finds uh, Amritha, Pastor Amritha on Facebook. She's off the grid. You know, she doesn't have like any digital prints because she's probably getting ready for Area 51. Doesn't want anybody to be able to track her. And so she creates a Facebook profile, no picture, and the name is John Smith. Reaches out, Pastor Amritha says, hey, I want to I wanna help. Can I be part? Something like that, and uh, Pastor Monique is like, I don't know if this is a creeper or if this is being hacked or something like that. So she prays, let them go through our official Kalos website so we can talk to them officially. She does. I get that email, and I'm like, hey, what's going on? Hey, oh, you want to help with Kalos Church? We'd love to meet with you. And she said, well, hey, I don't want to meet with you. I want to meet with your wife and child in a park alone. I was like, oh, okay, you somehow upped the creep factor with official email. So as like, a, you know, as like a protective husband, as an aware like father, but ultimately as a new church planner, I sent my wife and child <laughs> to the park. They met with this lady and we're thinking it's going to be someone creepy or something. It's like this beautiful, like really rich looking person decked out and like glittering shoes and stuff like that. They, they both have kids. They have a conversation for like 20 minutes. I talked to Amritha after. She's like, yeah, we connected, but we we're kind of distracted by our kids. We didn't go really deep, but yeah, she, she doesn't want to be part of the church, but wants to see how she can help, maybe. We go back to the house, and 20 minutes later, we get email notifications on her phone, and we see, oh, wow, she just gave us over $40,000 worth of stuff. This is amazing. Glory to God. I'm so glad that the church is united around us. Woohoo! And to God be the glory. Can we give it up for Jesus Christ? And I, I just love this idea that it was like the church she attended, it was like Doxa Church, and it was Kalos Church, all working together to glorify Jesus Christ as the capital C Church. Yeah. And uh, when we're divided, we don't have that strength, but together we are so much more powerful. Amen? Yeah. And so the second thing I want to share, though, is as we talk about this idea of unity and, and rallying together, sometimes I think we buy into the lie that unity is uniformity. But I want to share that unity does not require uniformity. It doesn't mean we all have to talk alike, dress alike, think alike. We can be different. In fact, one of our core value statements at Kalos Church is this. We are unified and diverse. We share one purpose while celebrating differences. 
Amen. And so, uh, so we believe in being different. We believe that we have our own specific glory and talents and treasures to give to Jesus. And something powerful happens when we do that. Amen. Many of us in the church, we felt so weird. We felt so different. Like we don't belong. And I just want to say with the heart of a pastor, you are weird. It's true. Why don't you look at someone next to you and say, hey, you're a weirdo. (laughs) You are weird. But that's part of our strength. And I don't want you to be just like me. Some of you are thinking, all right, I want to be part of the church. I guess I got to be like that pastor and start wearing sweaters in the middle of the summer. No. And you're like, oh, my goodness. I have to start saying, come on, somebody. What does that even mean? But come on, somebody. I'm I'm not going to say anybody in particular, but somebody, come on. (laughs) You're like, I don't even know what that means. But I'm going to say it because that's what you do in church. No, like. You have your unique differences. You were made on a purpose for a purpose. You're different for a reason. And you were born an original. And I don't want you to feel like because of church you have to die a copy. Amen. Like be the best you instead of a second best someone else. And it's the same with churches. Like sometimes we think like our church does the music right, does the preaching right. And this is how it should be everywhere. But I think a diversity of churches, people having a diversity of talents, and cultural expressions. I think that's so beautiful. I want you to see this picture of churches, uh, how how things are playing out in the last hundred years. You can see on the left in 1910, this is like the ethnicity, the background, the regional backgrounds of the churches. A lot of it was like the Americas and Europe, but even in the last hundred years, things are starting to get more diverse. Christianity is starting to spread out. And I'm just so thankful that we have different expressions and cultural expressions of Jesus in the church. Like the kind of music we do here at Kalos, I think it's great in Bellevue. But if we were starting a church in Sri Lanka, we'd probably do it a little different, don't you think? And I think that's okay. Let's see this other picture. This is kind of like Christianity all around the world. And I love that. Like We are part of a global church. We are part of a diverse church where people have different languages, different music styles, different cadences, different rhythms. And I I think that's okay. I don't think everybody should just try to be like the people of Bellevue, Washington. Uh, Growing up in a city called Coon Rapids, Minnesota, I was the only brown person really in my school, Coon Rapids, Minnesota. And, uh, you know, people... You know, Pradeep and Jumanohar and Sivaratnam in Minnesota does not fit in very well. And I remember, I want, I want to fit in. I want to make some white friends. My family is brown, new neighborhood. How do we make white friends? And I was like, well, I know how to get to white Americans' hearts. Mom, we need to make macaroni cheese. Then all the white people will come. Right? That was my, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to be, like, racist or anything. That was my mindset. Like, <laughs> So I'm like, Mom, will you make this? Sri Lankan mom, refugee from Sri Lanka. Okay, I'll figure it out. So she makes, God bless her heart, the worst macaroni and cheese ever. Like, (laughs) it was horrible. And I'm like, all right, white people, enter. 
I will give you what you look for. And so they, they eat this macaroni, and it's so bad. And this is a, a dish that they've grown up eating their whole life. So they know how it's supposed to be. And uh, those are not my friends. They didn't stay very long. Well, one day, some of them actually came over without preparation, unexpected. And my friend came over, and he, he saw that my mom was cooking. And he's like, what is that? What? I've never seen any food like that before. What is that? And I was like, oh, my, my white American friend. That's something we call flavor. <laughs> it's like, what? What is, is it? What kind, what kind of flour is that? No, that's something we call spice. It's like spice. You mean like what is that? What is that like brown sugar? No, it's, it's like it's it's gonna make you sweat. It's gonna make your your tongue tingle like licking a battery. No, like it's different. It's, it's something you've never experienced before. He's like, can I try it? I'm like, yes, but it's gonna be really hot. It's gonna cause you a lot of pain. And he he tried it and he's like. This is amazing. This is the best food I've ever had. And it was something we call curry. Anybody ever have South Asian curry? Glory to God. Come on, somebody. Make, oh, you eat some curry, you start sweating from the forehead. It make you want to storm Area 51. Woo, it's good. He was like, this is incredible. Like, why did you give me macaroni and cheese? Like, this is what you should have started off with. And it's like that reality when the church as well. Sometimes we think we got to be just like this other Christian or as a church, we think like in order to succeed in Bellevue, we have to be a church just like Doxa or just like, you know, Bell Prez. Like, it, but Kalos is Kalos, right? And those churches are those churches. Like not a lot of churches will stay from, say from stage, like we love puns here. Glory to God. Anybody with me this morning? We show videos like about conquering alien hidden government operations. Like, that's okay. That's part of who we are. And I think people can feel it when we just embrace who we are. And it can be a little refreshing, don't you think? And I just want to say, like, hey, God made you on purpose. Embrace what you have to offer to Jesus. Embrace your gifts, your talents, your, your bent, your, your passions, your personality, and give Jesus the glory in that. We share one purpose while celebrating differences. Amen? Amen? And I think that's just so powerful. Thank Jesus for a diverse church. And the third thing I just want to share as we talk about answering the prayer of Jesus is this. We are called to complete each other, not compete with each other. And so another core value we had from day one is this. We think bigger than ourselves as Kalos Church. God's goals are bigger than our roles. And so that's why we intentionally closed down a Sunday service saying, hey, it's not about Kalos. It's about what is Jesus doing in Bellevue. Another quote by J.C. Ryle says, let us be aware of the slightest inclination to stop and check others merely because they do not choose to adopt our plans or work by our side. We may think our fellow Christians mistaken in some points. We may fancy that more would be done for Christ if they would join us and if all worked in the same way. We may say, see many evil arising from religious dissensions and divisions, but all this must not all this must not prevent us from rejoicing if the works of the devil are destroyed and souls saved. Is our neighbor warned against Satan? Is he really trying to labor for Christ? This is the grand question. Better a thousand times that the work should be done by other hands than not done at all. I love that quote. 
And uh, a church planter, we coached in Detroit, being part of the Big C Church, not just Kalos. So we've coached several church planters. He says this quote, and I think it's just cool that I can quote him, even though we've coached him. When the world sees the church united, it will know Jesus is real. As we complete each other, we make known the beauty of Jesus. And I, I put in my own rhyme way. The world will believe in the Son when the church is one. The world will believe in the Son when the church is one. We are so powerful together. And as we unite for the cause of Christ, I mean, more than making ways for a, a viral prank for Area 51, when we join together, we can do so much to make known the beauty of Jesus. I believe that as a church, if we truly united by Monday, starvation could be eliminated. The church across the world united and say, hey, let's make known the beauty of Jesus. By Tuesday, every person could have drinking water. By Wednesday, poverty could be eradicated. By Thursday, everyone with a medical need could have attention. By Friday, all orphans could be under care. By Saturday, everyone who has lived will know about Jesus. And by Sunday, we'll pause to worship Jesus as the King of Kings, as the name above all names, as the only one worth uniting under. Can I get a good amen? Amen. The church is so powerful when we are united. The world will believe in the sun when the church is one. And so that's why practically we have decided to be part of the Jubilee Reach, Serve Day, and Worship in the Park. So the last Saturday of August, on August 24th, we will partner hand-in-hand with churches across Bellevue. We will play nice and unite with other churches, and we will enter into the public school of the Bellevue School District. We will clean classrooms. We'll paint parks. We will uh, power wash driveways and play areas. We will help teachers get things ready for the school year, all for the glory of God. People who are maybe hesitant to hear the gospel can see the gospel with open eyes. And it will be so beautiful. It will be so powerful. It will be the church answering the prayer of Jesus. Amen. And then that Sunday right after, so the last Sunday of August, we'll cancel our service and worship with thousands of people in the downtown Bellevue Park. We've got a permit to be down there. And actually, Pastor Amritha will be sharing for 10 minutes, and Pastor Scott from Bell Prez will be sharing as well. And it'll be an amazing celebration where we can celebrate all that Jesus is doing through us as the hands and feet, the body of Christ, united under the headship of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And so I want to show you a video of the Jubilee Serve Day. Let's watch this. Jubilee Service Day is the opportunity for the entire community to come together in service and support of our students and schools. The start of the year can be really chaotic, and having all these volunteers come in and support our teachers and our staff just makes the year that much more smooth. I think it brings teachers some level of comfort. It's a great day of people from all over coming together, serving together, helping the schools, and it's something that we look forward to every year. Jubilee Service Day is an opportunity for us to get together as a group of friends and family to get back to the community and help those that need help, and it's just a terrific annual event that we do every year with a great bunch of people. Jubilee Service Day is an awesome opportunity uh, to build fellowship within the body of Christ beyond the walls of the church uh, and to be a blessing in the community that, that, that we're immediately in. Well, Jubilee Service Day to me uh, is really an opportunity for the church to be the church, literally 
uh, dozens of churches are coming together uh, and saying the name of Jesus and want to love and serve our communities uh, in real and tangible ways. Uh, Jubilee Service Day is something our family has done for years, and it's kind of a chore to get them out of bed, but when I peek in on them in the classrooms or out moving bark around, everyone is smiling and having a great time together. Jubilee Service Day is a great way for students, kids, and parents to volunteer together and serve our community. Jubilee Service Day is compassion for others. Jubilee Service Day is family and community. Jubilee Service Day is an awesome day. Come on, I'm so excited. Come on, somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're going to unite as the church. We're going to be the church to Bellevue and make known the beauty of Jesus. And so quite practically on your chairs, there's a white piece of paper. And you'll have time to fill it out, so don't feel like you have to fill this out right now. But if you're interested in joining, we would love to have you on our team. Kalo's church is going to uh, help and bless Medina Elementary School, and we're just going to help them see that we can be helpful as the church, that we serve the common good right here in Bellevue. And so fill out that piece of paper, and we're going to pass offering buckets in a moment, and you can place that inside there. But I want to close with this story. Can we put this picture up of the first Jubilee service day that Kalos Church participated in? So this was before we even launched as a church on September 17, 2017. This is the month before in August 2017. And so you'll, you'll see a couple familiar faces there, like there's Andrew in his Kalos hat, Rachel, Kim, Ben, Taylor, and just, we were a small group. I mean, there wasn't a lot of us, you know, back then, obviously our church has grown quite a bit. This is just our second service, but back then we were just like 30 people and about to launch, and I want you to notice though that we have an amazing person named Daisy, who is part of Kalos Church, in fact, serves on our Kalos Kids team. Uh, Day, have you, if you haven't met Daisy, you need to meet her. She just graduated with a master's degree. That makes her sound like a, a super villain because part of her profession and what she does in her degree is she creates and harnesses the power of mutants to sabotage businesses. And I'm like, oh, I'm glad you're on our team. Like that, <laughs> that's so frightening. But she does that digitally. So she'll she'll like open up uh, a company's like infrastructure and software and program and she'll create like digital mutants and put them inside there and see if she can wreck it and then she'll coach them on how they can fix it and so uh it's amazing but anyways she she's right here daisy everyone say hi daisy, hi, daisy. so daisy is right here and anyway she she was part of a, a church that is no longer in bellevue anymore it closed down but she served at that serve day with us before she was Kalos. And I, I just think that's so beautiful. She, she, she was telling me about this, and she was like, Pastor, I was looking through an old picture, and I realized I was serving with Kalos while I was committed at another church. That church shut down, and now I'm part of Kalos, but I realize now that we were doing this same work together all along. And it's just, to me, that's the church, you know? It's not just about logos and egos. It's about Jesus. And we're, we're making known the beauty of Jesus, even if we're not wearing just like our Kalos hats at all times. We're part of the Church of Bellevue, part of the Church of Seattle, part of God's church in all the earth. And I, I think it's time for us to work together as a church 
with the city of Bellevue, don't you? I just think this is a beautiful picture of all we can accomplish when we don't care who gets the credit. Amen? Amen. And so I just encourage, if you want to be a part of this, fill out that white piece of paper. We would love to serve with you. And why don't we pray right now that we would be the kind of church that says, Jesus, I want to answer your prayer. Jesus, I want people to know your name, not just my name. Jesus, we will unite and make your dream come true. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you so much for your prayer. Thank you for praying for us. We know that we need your glory to unite. We need your name to truly unite. We need you for everything, Jesus. And I pray that we would be able to unify. Lord, I pray that we'd be one voice, one church that lifts up the name of Jesus. I pray for those who are far from Christ, for those who don't know the beauty of Jesus, I pray that just like you say in your prayer that, hey, when, when the church is one, people, people will believe in the Son. Lord, I pray that we would be one and we would bless our public schools. We would bless our city, that those who don't know you would know you. Those who are stuck in death would experience life. Those who are walking in darkness would experience life. Lord, I pray that our unity would be for your name's sake, Father. We pray in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen. They can't stop all of us. Amen. People will see the beauty of Jesus. Amen. Come on, say it with me. They can't stop all of us. They can't stop all of us. And so we gather. Come on. I love it. You know, before I transition off the stage, I want to make a prayer available for all of us. Maybe you're here in this place and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus the source of all life. You've been leading yourself and you're experiencing maybe, I don't know, like you're surrounded by death, you're walking in shame, you're stuck in addictions, your life is falling apart, you're feeling the weight of the world. I just want to let you know, you were never meant to carry all that alone. Jesus wants to be your strength. Jesus wants to be your source. And if you would like to surrender your life to Jesus, receive forgiveness, receive life and life abundantly. I'm not going to embarrass you or anything, but I would love to pray for you. All I'm going to ask is that you, when we bow our heads and close our eyes in our moment, I'm going to count to three. Just lift up your hand briefly, just long enough so I can see it, put it down, and I'll include you in a prayer of saying, Jesus, we surrender our lives to you. So when we bow our heads again one more time and close our eyes, but if that's you, you're saying, I want to surrender my life to Jesus, maybe for the first time, maybe as recommitment on the count of three, would you boldly lift your hand and we'll pray together? One, two, three. Would you slip up your hand? Amen. I see your hand. Lift it up so I can see it. Is there anybody else? Amen. Amen. You can put your hand down. I love that. And so why don't we pray this prayer all together at the same time? Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Take control of my life. I turn from my old ways and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, amen. Can we give Jesus a big round of applause?